Yo, what's up? This is Daniel Logan, the baddest and most darkest bounty hunter on the dark side of the galaxy. You are listening to An Elegant Weapon. Stay tuned because there's more stuff coming in the galaxy. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. In the near future, Doc Terror and his cyborg companion hacker unleash their forces to conquer Earth. Only one force can stop this evil. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 68. I am your host. My name is Jay. I am the Jedi Ross. Before I say anything else, happy birthday to the most beautiful, wonderful, caring, patient, and supportive woman on the face of the earth, my baby mama. Y'all know her as Cute Vixen 88. Aaron, happy birthday. I love you. You're wonderful. Um, guest host for the week, you all know him. Um, from the Points of Interest podcast network. You also know him from various spoiler alert theaters. The 303 Ninja, a.k.a. L. Hawkes. <laughs> a.k.a. Josh. Josh, thank you for joining me this week, my friend. Yeah, thank you, sir. It's uh, it's nice to be on uh, on your show for once. Yeah, it's been a little bit, eh? Yeah. And uh, just before I introduce a special guest who's hanging out for at least a wee bit, ladies and gentlemen, please excuse me while I flick my bick. I want you to take the Frankenstein shit, the deer shit, the green monster, the bling, and the bling bling, and I want you to roll it all into one joint. No one's ever been brave enough to try that. One man is. Roll it. And there you go. Um, This gentleman... Runs a podcast. He has a podcast, of course, as most of my guests have some sort of podcast. Uh, it's called Open Your Toys. It's OpenYourToys.com. Him and the misses uh, do this, you know, obviously about toys podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my show, Mr. Slick McFavorite. Gracias. I'm glad I could be here. I, I've I've got a lot of AKAs too. I'm oh. uh, a <laughs> I'm a AKA Slick McFavorite. But uh, uh, growing up, well, and I still do it every once in a while. I was a graph artist, so I'm AKA Target, AKA Target One, AKA T One. <laughs> and uh, as as it's probably picking up here, I also have my. Uh, my 10-month-year-old daughter, she's a, a.k.a. Uh, Mackenzie Ann, a.k.a. <laughs> BMF, Baby McFavorite, and uh, a.k.a. Uh, 
Lamas and AKA Big Mac. So <laughs> we've got quite the, if you count all our AKAs, we've got quite a, yeah. a, quite a crew on our hands tonight. It sounds like oh, Big Mac. That's adorable. She's 10 months old. Congratulations, man. That's fantastic. Thank you. That's Thank amazing. you. Is that uh, your guys first? It is. It is our first. Oh, it's exciting times, isn't it? Oh God, it's every day is an adventure. That's for sure. It will continue to be. So I got a two and a half year old, and uh, he's a monster. <laughs> but it's awesome. You're you're tired forever, but it's a good tired. It's a it's a tired you don't mind because they're just they're fucking awesome to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the crazy thing is is uh, you know everybody says oh babies are so hard, infants are cake. You know, now, now she's getting hard now that she can, she crawls up and, and pulls herself up on everything. And I, I've got to admit, I've got it ultra easy. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. McFavorite uh, breastfeeds. So that means she's the one up in the middle of the night. She's the <laughs> one, you know, doing all of this extra work. I literally just kind of get to kick back. So she Payback's she deserves all the credit. <laughs> no, I know. That's, that's what she keeps telling me. She's like, you just wait. Once you can do everything, you're going to do everything. <laughs> I heard a few times, I feed the damn thing, you change it. <laughs> and that's it definitely i i've been putting in i've been putting uh overtime in on the on the diaper patrol so that's fantastic man we're glad to hear that uh father's day coming fairly soon um to, do we share father's day actually like do we have the know. same date i'm not sure if not uh, sure. it's the same date here or there but uh either way um it's not often that i have a guest on the show who i am slightly intimidated by but Mr. McFavorite, after listening to you and your wife's podcast, you could say that you guys know your shit when it comes <laughs> to toys. And uh, as I was talking with Josh earlier, I said this may be the first time ever I meet someone who may be able, able to tell me something about my lightsaber collection that I don't actually know. And, uh... Oh no! See, I, I've listened to your podcast. I, I definitely can't. I can't touch you on your saber collection. That's for sure. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's incredible. Like, just the both of you being so into it together to sit down and do a podcast together is a beautiful thing. You know, it's uh, it's it's awesome. It must be enjoyable being able to do it and share it with her. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it is really good. Um, I mean, she, for the most part, I mean, she collects toys and, and she has her own collection and has an office that would blow most toy collectors away, you know, ex, you know, even if she wasn't a woman. Uh, but <laughs> I, when I can it verify that. <laughs> but when it comes to at least the four franchises we talk about, um, uh, we're, we're kind of dedicated to uh, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Masters of the Universe. Um, outside of maybe Star Wars, she collects a lot of Star Wars, but definitely not on my level. Um, 
besides maybe that, she really doesn't have a lot of exposure to the other stuff. And, and that's really where our dynamic comes in is, uh, is I get to talk about all this stuff she hasn't heard about at all. You know, we, I prepare show notes so she can see pictures and stuff like that. And, and she hears me talking about it, but just like any good wife, she doesn't pay attention to most of it, you know. <laughs> she seems yeah. to catch on pretty quick, though, you know. <laughs> she does. There, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of off mic winking and uh, <laughs> like, come on, come on, you know this one kind of thing. That <laughs> but, must be fun. Erin occasionally joins us on the podcast, but it's usually just because she comes down for the weed. And. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, she hangs in. She's done uh, – she was on the Geek Love Radio with me there. And, you know, she's she's very supportive, and she's not really into it. But the second you strap a mic on her head, she could go a mile a minute for an hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I've, I've, been, I've, yeah. I've toyed with the idea because, uh, heck, Josh, on your uh, – on points of interest there, you had uh, Versus, which was Johnny and his wife, yeah? Yeah, and uh, they would, like, just pick a topic and argue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically the premise of it. And uh, people really seem to enjoy it. Yeah, it was fun. They haven't done one in a while. Get them off their asses and get them to give us more of that shit because it was enjoyable. Yeah, it's, I will it's pass definitely the notes, one of my... Sure. It, it's one of my favorite shows on your network, for sure. And, that again, it's... It's that husband and wife dynamic. I love that. Well, my thought was uh, with Erin was maybe doing a show because she enjoys like, you know, general people our age. One reason that the toys from then are so big, you know, our generation being in charge, everything getting made and and rebooted and brought back because, you know, that was our childhood memory. So she enjoys those things, too. But it's not like she reads comics or wants to play with lightsabers. So I've thought about doing a show of like her perspective, like me and her doing a show, but she can give a good perspective on what it's like to be that kind of wife that really doesn't mind and enjoys it, but isn't really wanting to get too involved at the same time. <laughs> like putting up with a lot of my nonsense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like I say, that's, that's kind of what gives our, gives our cast a little bit of separation from the rest of the, action figure collectible world out there is that's exactly how it is with Miss McFavorite. She just, you know, she has a completely outsider's view. Yes. Um, we're, we're actually on a little hiatus uh, right now because uh, there's a, there's a little less not caring and a little bit more being concerned just cause yeah, our, our, our house is getting, a, a little overrun with my uh, plastic crack, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's what happened with me and my Star Wars collection because I used to collect the, the figures, the vehicles, and lightsabers. And mm -hmm. I was collecting all the way up until Episode 2. Because Phantom Menace, you know, you had all the old stuff from the old trilogies, and I had quite a bit of that. But I got, you know, as horrible as the figures were, I was all over Phantom Menace because I was just mm -hmm. excited for it all to be back. So I, I got all the Phantom Menace stuff, and then Episode 2 comes out and just fucking blows the doors wide fucking open. And they just start making a fucking action figure for every shadow that was in those movies, you know? 
Yeah. I could not keep up. I was like, A, I won't have the room for this. I won't have the money for this. And it's just insane. So I packed up all my collection and I put it on eBay. And I sold it off and I got two lightsabers out of it. Two really nice ones. <laughs> and that's when I went lightsaber crazy. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to focus on lightsabers. And it episode two, they just went nuts. It was crazy times. Yeah, and what what's really crazy about that is is unlike episode one or or Revenge of the Sith, there was no dedicated line. There was not an attack. There was not an attack of the clones line. It it was just their saga line, and and again, it was one of those things they obviously did on purpose because that allowed them to start putting out characters from the entire yeah. mythos, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. So it, it did, it, it got rough. And that's actually, um, that's, uh, right. When I started getting into it a little more heavily, you know, I, I picked back up buying action figures with the episode one, um, found my first mall on the pegs and didn't have to pay scalper <laughs> prices, you know, which yeah. I didn't even realize were scalper prices. I'm just like, why is this action figure $30 and all these other ones, $8, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's where I started. And then come, uh, revenge of the Sith. That's where I really went kind of hardcore discovered communities and after the it discovered podcasts really and after that it, it was all over yeah that's uh it can be an addictive thing i kept a few of my figures i have shirtless darth maul where he's just you know it's tattoos all over him and i kept the storm the the ralph mccoria uh, stormtrooper concept stormtrooper which is oh, a, yeah. with the shield and the blue lightsaber. Oh, oh, one of my favorite figures of all time. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I couldn't let that go. And I kept uh, my black R2 unit. Oh, very nice. Very yeah. nice. And, uh, is, is that the one with the uh, like uh, goldish burnt orange trim? Um, I think so. Hold on, I haven't looked at it in a while. looked at it in a while. Let me look at it. It's uh, yeah, it's totally like goldy orange kind of deal. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's good times, man. It's uh, as much as it makes sense that we'd be talking about Star Wars on this show, I I have to bring it back to something that was my true childhood love as a toy, because my number one toy growing up was Masters of the Universe. And the Masters of the Universe. Oh, nice. nice. And was so into Masters of the Universe that my my mom is a bit of a collector. And she used to kind of do it vicariously through me. So when I got crazy obsessed with He-Man, she was all about it. And she made sure I had everyone. It was the only like toy of that any toy like line. That's a great mom to me. Oh, it was the only toy of any toy line that I I pretty much had. I had a couple Transformers, a couple GI Joe, but He Man was it, and it's all I needed because it was all I played with. So I did have like I had that when Adam came out, and I can't remember what you had to do, but there was something special you had to do to get Prince Adam when he came out in figure. And I don't know if it was mail away or. Some kind of thing, but I in, in my mind was I, everything in the eighties was mail away. 
Yeah, there was some special way you had to get at him, I think. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but he was one of those special figures when he came out and people were like, oh my god, you know? Prince Adam and Orko with Coin Trick, new from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Other action figures also sold separately from Mattel. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's one that at the time, you know, being a kid, I don't want a prince, you know? I want, <laughs> I want a barbarian hero figure you know <laughs> so i don't think i ever owned adam as a kid um you know i i was all about i i always i didn't own a lot of the kind of standard guys when i was a kid i, I never owned a man at arms or a stratos um you know i had a lot of the the villains you know the triclops and the beast yeah. man and that trap jaw was my favorite he was amazing you know? yeah yeah dude it, he had the it hook goes... on his head and he could slide down a string <laughs> yeah dude and uh <laughs> and it came him and uh and triclops both came with that cool glow in the dark ring that basically would be considered a coke ring nowadays because you could pop the top off yes. and add a little storage area. Yes. Yeah. Totally. So, oh, that's and, amazing. Uh, and Trapjaw to this day is is just it is the epitome of like what I find the coolest in an action figure, and that's those interchangeable arms. Yep. You know, uh, bats, the battle android troopers and GI oh, yeah. Joe and with the swappable arms, dude, those are my favorite. I just, I love that play feature. That's why I was a big part, lover of, uh, centurions. Cause, uh, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause yeah. you know, there was earth, earth, land and sky or earth, Something like water that. and had, sky. And I you had could just Ace place... McCloud. Yeah. Ace McCloud, <laughs> man. And you could put this stuff in like different ways all over them because they had the holes all up and down their legs and and arms, right? Max Ray, brilliant sea operations commander. Jake Rockwell, rugged land operations specialist. Ace McLeod, daring air operations expert. Whatever the challenge, they are ready. Centurion. Yeah, those those were super cool, man. I, I love that shit. But um, I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you know, but were the Horde not He-Man villains before they were used for She-Ra? Uh, no, they actually they didn't show up in the the He-Man uh, filmation cartoon. They didn't show up until until She-Ra. Um, but a lot of the early She-Ra cartoons had, um, had crossovers. So you'd have masters characters in the She-Ra cartoon battling the horde. The toys themselves now were all released on masters card backs. Okay. That's them... what I was about to say. That's what I remember. Cause yeah, yeah. none of None of them re were released on the Princess of Power card backs. Okay, that's what's that's what's in my memory. That's why I'm thinking that then, because they totally were in, in like master packaging, and uh, they had the uh, like the torture chamber thing, where you like put He-Man inside and the ooze like poured. Oh, the pit. slime pit. Yeah, yeah. 
That was fun times. I miss my He-Man. I even got a few Shira. My mom kept it going. Like, I gave them to my cousin. I was like, I don't want to play with those. And my mom bought them anyways and gave them to my cousin. <laughs> uh, the one thing I did think was pretty cool was her horse. Swiftwind or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the toy was actually pretty cool. That it was, you know, a Pegasus is a Pegasus, right? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Well, on this one, when when it's transformed, I I don't know if there's a uh, official fantasy name for a Pegasus and a unicorn, because when uh, when Swiftwind is transformed, uh, I guess it's a he also has his horn. Yes, this is true. So, Unisys. Let's see. <laughs> uh, i don't even want to know that thing shouldn't exist <laughs> um i really hope that they could somehow i don't think anyone's even thinking about it because it's so hard to do but i'd still like to see a live action he-man movie oh yeah I, i'm excited i mean i i mean you know that one's in the works right I hope so. I hope someone's yeah. trying to bring something together because it's, you know, in between the movie and the cartoon, there's got to be a nice middle ground where they could pull it off, you know. But my big, one of my big complaints about, like, Transformers is that it wasn't enough like the cartoon. I thought they felt too far away, you know. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I've got my issues with it. I, I enjoy it for what it is. Um you know, I went into the first one with no expectations. I was pleasantly surprised. I went into the second one with the highest of expectations and just thoroughly disappointed. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, I brought it back down and it was okay. It wasn't great. Um, but yeah, I mean, the He-Man, the He-Man motion picture is getting close. It, it's gone back and forth. Uh, with rights between Paramount and Sony. And uh, right now, uh, John Woo, the guy that did no, uh, Retaliation. Really? Yeah, he's <laughs> he's the director right now assigned oh, no to the project. way. <laughs> yeah, so... If you liked if you liked the Justin Bieber documentary or <laughs> you liked GI Joe Retaliation, um, you know that it's uh, it hopefully will be good. I I liked Retaliation a little bit better than Rise of Cobra, but to me it, it still wasn't as good as it could have been. Okay, hold on, I'm confused. Say again, who who's directing He Man? John Woo. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm misspeaking. Okay, no, I was just I, got lost. Yeah, I was just like, what? I, John Wu directed G.I. Joe? What, where was I? <laughs> no. no, that's. I was like, he sounds way too excited. I must be misspeaking. <laughs> you've, you've got your whole, uh, you've got your whole listenership yelling at at the phone right now. Uh, let's see. That, see, that's was... what I'm thinking. John Woo, He Man. Imagine how sick that would be. It'd be a lot of here, slow here mo and John Chu. Okay. Is... <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I was like, it, what's funny is it, I'm a huge kung fu fanatic, so I was like, wait, nice. that's not sounding quite right. But yes, John Chu. I'm really surprised at how far away they went. I thought of all the cartoons, the easiest one to make a movie that would be close to the cartoon would be G.I. Joe. That's the one I think you'd have to fuck with the least. 
Yeah, and what's funny is uh, um, the people that are big proponents for those movies say like that Rise of Cobra was really like a Sunbow episode of of G.I. Joe. You know, you just got to kind of let go of all your expectations. The story was the story was really out there. You know, they've got these little nanomites that are going to, you know, eat entire countries and blah, you know, it's got a lot of that kind of sci-fi feel to it like the Sunbow did. And then a lot of people say the Retaliation movie was a lot like the comics. It had a lot of the ninja stuff in it and all that that the comics tended to focus on. And, you know, so apologists are like, God, what is it going to take for you guys to like this? And it's kind of like, I think people just want something that just falls directly in line with the mythos. And the same thing with the Transformers. They, They wanted something that was just not identical, but exactly in the same fiction is everything they've been exposed to. Yeah, well, that's kind of where I am with it. I mean, I, I know that you know the the proportions. They all talked about the, the proportions of the robots doing them eighty style wouldn't work in a movie. But I think that if you're gonna make a movie based off a cartoon that was a commercial to sell toys, it's okay to just you know make a crazy ass story and stick to that exact same formula. I think there is a balance in there, you know what I mean, that can be found. Like I think for GI Joe it was I I enjoy that cartoon the the Renegades cartoon, the re, the fairly recent one. I don't know if it's still going or not. No, but... it it was one season and then they put it on hiatus for the new movie. And the talk is is that there'll be a new cartoon uh, that will kind of be in line with both Renegades and Retaliation. But okay, that, like a crossbreed kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Where where people that loved you know because most of the old school fans loved Renegades. You know, besides the whole A-team aspect of it, it really brought in a lot of the mythos in different ways. Um, and then, but their big thing is, is any new, any new cartoon will have to follow retaliation. So they're trying to, they're, they're saying what they're working on is going to be something, a hybrid of the two. That'll be nice, because then it'll be a little bit closer. I don't mind going off, and like, because you do. You have to change things to make them work for movies or this or that. But even, like, Transformers, that's my one thing, too. They, I'm not saying they need to be perfectly boxy cartoon robots, but they went crazy. Like, you can't, when they're fighting, it's hard to see what's what, you know? That, that was my argument of the entire series, is that yeah. what the hell is going on? Yeah. And it's I just, did, a, it's a, it's just a mash of colors. <laughs> And I didn't like that because of corporate bullshit, they had to change the Transformers to match whatever their car contracts were, you know? Yeah. That's lame. That was the thing that pissed me off the most was that fucking GM contract bullshit. I was just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I mean, I can see that the whole realism thing was Bay. Bay said, you know, if we're going to make this movie... I want these things to look like they came from a car. So if there's a fucking a U-bolt on a car's axle, 
I want to see that somewhere on the robot kind of thing. And, and I thought that again, I, I'm not a hater. I, you know, there's transformers out fans out there that have never bought a movie toy and will, will never buy a movie toy. I'm not a hater of the aesthetic. I actually, because me growing up, what I loved about Transformers were the toys looked like real cars. You know, they looked they looked like the Lamborghini that I had on a poster. They looked like the the VW Bug that drove down the street. Yeah. And then and then the robot forms were kind of like, eh, you know, <laughs> they, I hear they, you. Were, they were pretty choppy, but I like that they looked real in their alt forms. So that's the one thing I did kind of dig about the movie aesthetic. At least we got back to them looking like a semi truck. They looked like a Camaro, you know, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, this is very true. I did read that they're all to scale, too. They're all the size and height they'd be if that vehicle actually transformed. Yeah, Bay was, he was, I've read, uh, I get into a lot of the uh, design aspect of toys. And uh, so I've read a lot of like uh, interview with Hasbro and Takara, which is their Japanese counterparts, uh, 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 design teams. Uh, basically, here in the States, we do a lot of the conceptual stuff. And then it's it's sent over to uh, Japan to do a lot of the actual engineering. And uh, and that's what they talked about. They were like, it was an absolute nightmare <laughs> working on those toys to try to get them to look like what Bay's concept designers did with the 3D models and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I have the uh, I bought my kid the first Bumblebee and he's a plastic just train I don't know what gen it is or anything. I just I can't even remember where I saw it. It was on sale and I bought him cuz he loves cars. My kid's an absolute car freak. And just now, because of the Rescue Bots thing, I think it's called that. It's like the Kids Transformers show. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's starting it. to understand. And I got him this Bumblebee, and he can't transfer. Like, it all snaps apart, which is good, because I remember breaking the, the little silver tail bit off the end of my uh, Dinobot, the Stegosaurus. And I, I, yeah. broke, I broke the end tail tip off, and I was like, ah, oh, but these plastic ones, at least they're good for if, you know, you pull the arm off, it pops back in with the ball joint, you know? <laughs> and it yeah. was hard to figure out. I was, like, on myself. I'm thinking to myself, come on, man, it's a Transformer. You should have this shit, you know? <laughs> and uh, eventually I figured it out, but... Uh... Yeah, those are, I mean, I'm one of those people that I don't use the instructions Oh yeah, you can't. That's sacrilege. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? And those those movie ones, I still have some that I just never got back into their alt mode. You know, <laughs> they came in their vehicle mode. I got into a robot, and that's where it's it's been since I bought it. Kind of. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So, do you own any lightsabers yourself? Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I, I'm a guy, I don't do a lot of high-end pieces, and so uh, when I do, it's got to be the epitome. Um, so for me, uh, Empire is my favorite movie. 
so I have the I have the Empire Luke Skywalker. Uh, 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 God, I can't Master Replica. Oh, nice, very version. nice. And then uh, Mrs. McFavorite, her favorite character is Yoda. So she has the Attack of the Clones Yoda lightsaber. Oh. And then the only other two I own is I'm a huge fan of Force Unleashed, the video game. Yep. So I have the uh, Force Unleashed Hasbro version that can be like, reg- it can be a Jedi lightsaber or the spikes come out and it's his Sith saber and it changes color from. Okay. Red. See, this is that moment that I spoke about at the beginning of the show kids. <laughs> now I'm learning about a lightsaber that I had no fucking clue existed. Well, but do you collect, I mean, do you collect the toy ones? Absolutely. I searched oh. them out on the eBay and that's one I've just never seen. That's crazy. Yeah, And, and look it up. It's one I I've really fought. I I've, I've sold off most of my role play stuff. Um, the two things I kept is I still have a Revenge of the Sith Stormtrooper Blaster. So it was the original trilogy Stormtrooper Blaster, but it's the last one they did before they had to start doing everything in bright colors. Yeah, so it's I have. They like black and silver. Like I believe that's the one I have. Yeah, it's it's got an orange tip. Yeah, it's the rest still of it's black, one. right? Yeah. Yeah, I have this. Yeah, it's fucking. Does this sound like it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's the one. Um, I have my my coolest. Uh, I have. A, well, I don't know how many because you know there may be ones I don't know about, like I'm hearing. But, uh, you know, I've got uh, my to- as, as far as my toy ones go, I have generally pretty I, I know I have all the power of the forest ones, just like the 96 release ones. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of the Clone War ones and then I've got master replicas. And then I got uh, one of my treasures is a droids lightsaber from the cartoon. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, still in package. Oh, even it's, better. Yeah, it's got the Kenner 590 or sorry, it goes down. So nobody bought it cuz it went from 12 bucks, 12.99 to 7.99 to 5.99. <laughs> and uh what is cool I know about this lightsaber is cuz if you look on the packaging, it's purple and most of them came purple, like a purple red. And uh-huh. the one I have is green in the box. Oh, and, wow. Uh, wow. That that's like as far as vintage toys because there's not many vintage lightsabers, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's the the few they did, the few flashlight ones. Yeah, that was the that. original ones from the very yeah. beginning. And then for Jedi, they did the Force lightsaber, which were these long, thick plastic tubes with handles on them. But they had, like, holes around them. So when you swayed them around, the wind went through them. And they, yeah. they kind of made, like, a, a humming. I kind of remember that, yeah. Yeah, so I have two of those in package and two out that I got just to play with. And what started it, it was when I was, I moved from St. Catharines to the city I'm in now, Mississauga. And I was, what was I, nine or something, going into grade three, something like that. And I had a red The Force lightsaber. And it was the day we moved into the apartment. And I was in my room, jumping on my bed, playing with my lightsaber. And I smashed the light fixture with the lightsaber. (laughs) My mom came in and took that lightsaber 
and cracked it over her knee. Hulk! Smash! And folded oh, it in like three pieces and threw it the hell away. And it became a quest, you know, and obviously now I have lightsaber mommy issues. But I don't mind it at all. So, you know, it's good, it's, it's good times. What was yeah. – uh, do you have a lot of toys from when you were young then? Like have you been a steady collector or – No, not at all. I did the whole – I did the whole uh, – uh, 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 what I would consider uh, bat mitzvah syndrome is is I went from from a boy to a man one day and decided I didn't want toys anymore took them all to the flea market oh. and uh, and uh, if and this is a story I hear from tons of collectors too which is funny oh, is yeah. we show up there and and a bunch of people rush over as we're setting up and uh, and some guy just offered me 150 bucks for my entire box of all my toys. And and I was hesitant. And my mom's like, well, you know, you can hang around the booth all day and try to sell them one by one or you could just sell them all right now. <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> I sold every single action figure I ever owned in one shot for 150 bucks when I was 12 years old. <laughs> oh, that's similar to what I did. I had a comic collection that was beautiful. And I kind of got into this fucking dealing and trading comics with these guys who kind of ripped me off. I ended up getting like nothing for them. Oh. oh, and it was so sad. But then later on, I got back into comics. So now I'm on a quest to buy all those comics back. You know? <laughs> it's totally insane. Yeah, and and that's what I that's what I do with my my vintage stuff is. Um, uh, most of the vintage stuff I own is things that I have memories of from when I was a kid kind yeah. of thing. I, I'm not a, it, it's hard enough to keep up with the stuff coming out on a regular basis, the new stuff. So I don't have a huge vintage collection of toys, but the ones, the ones I do have are all the stuff from when I was a kid that I'm like, yep, this was a favorite. This was a favorite, that kind of thing. That's fun. Do you guys get any toy shows out there? We we have one. Um, we have one that, uh, that when I first started collecting was about it was it went on about three times a year, um, and then it seemed like uh, the first year or two after I got into collecting hardcore, they went to just being once a year. And and that's the only show we have out here now. And, and I mean, I live in Denver, Colorado. I mean, we've got we've got a you know two to two and a half million people here. Um, it's a huge collector area, you know, as I can tell by the stores. All the all the hard to find figures are always sold out. That kind of thing. Yeah. And we only we only have this one little toy show that's uh, right around Halloween every year and uh um basically the same people and the same stuff every year so, <laughs> yeah yeah we have it, a few around here it's always the same people <laughs> what so, is this show jason i'm not even sure of this one it's uh it's the collector super show um 
it's uh it's put on by a woman called uh, her name's Dana Kane. Uh she just kind of branched out uh last year and did a um uh she's doing now the Denver County Fair because <laughs> because the the Colorado County Fair is in Pueblo or Colorado Springs or something somewhere far around away from here so she wanted to she wanted to start a denver county fair and that's kind of her main focus now so these uh collector shows she do she does is is, are far and few in between unfortunately gotcha i'd never heard of it oh yeah dude uh it's it's right around um if you just look up collector super or or collectibles super show denver colorado You'll you'll find her website. She does a good job at uh, at search engine optimization and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, once a year, five bucks to get in. We we always have a table there. Um, when I uh, when I first started collecting, I had these big aspirations of owning my own toy store. I got a business license and all that kind of stuff, and I started buying wholesale. <clears throat> and uh for a long time we would have we would have four tables there which was like a hundred bucks and and i mean i would sell eight eight to nine hundred bucks worth of stuff Dang. nowadays nowadays i've i've uh, i still have most of that stuff unfortunately um uh, but uh we only do uh, only do one table there a year now because it's like 30 bucks for a table so once you, once we would pay admission, uh, uh, Miss McFavorite and I, then you know we're only paying twenty bucks. We get in early. We have a nice place to sit all day, and we can just kind of wander around. And you know, I, I still sell about three to five hundred bucks worth of stuff each year. Nice. So you guys Mc... should podcast from there one time. <laughs> we we tr- at the table, man. We tried, and and there's just too many people that come up and try to talk to you. I mean, yeah, we, that'd be a popular table. <laughs> it would yeah. be a popular table, that's for sure, man. Well, and the big thing is, is uh, because ever since we we really got into collecting, um, so we got married in 2006, and uh, as a joke, we were going through Target and putting stuff on our registry. And as a joke, we put on some iPods, which in 2006, they were like three, four hundred bucks or something <laughs> like that, you know, and it was just put on there as a joke. Well, well, uh, one of Jessica's family friends bought us one <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, if you get one. I'm going to get one, too. So I used some of our, our wedding money to buy me one. And uh and that's where I that's where I found podcasts, you know, and and uh, uh, so soon after that, uh, I I became, you know, I, I was active on a lot of my favorite podcasts, calling in, leaving voicemails and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I, I just want to do one. I want to do one ourselves. And and so we started our cast and 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 we. We tried to record from there, but 
at the same time, we we're going to tons of cons. So I was buying lots of exclusives and I was that guy. I was buying extra exclusives to sell <laughs> them on eBay or so I always had tons of exclusives. So my table was one of the only tables at the time where you could see all of the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives from the last couple years. I was going to BotCon every year, which is the uh, official Transformers uh, convention. We went to uh, we went to Celebration 5. We oh, went to, really? Yeah, we went to G.I. Joe Con. You know, so we had all these exclusives. So, yeah, again, while no one wanted to pay our inflated scalper prices everybody sure wanted to stop and talk about them and look at josh yes sir did you at all have anything toyish on your mind that you were going to bring up or talk about uh well i mean the only lightsaber i have is uh the i don't know who made it but um the darth maul one that came out right about the same time as the movie uh, all plastic with you know with the electronic sounds and whatnot. Yeah, there was two came out. There was the one or the two that I know of was the one that was a typical kind of plastic power of the force one, and then another one that was a little bit more hardcore type. Okay, thing. this is like got telescoping plastic bits. Is it's the cheap one for sure. Yeah. Now there's something the three of us should talk about that Josh and I have talked about in the past, and Mr. McFavorite, I'm wondering. Do you consider the flag to be like the holy grail of toys? Yeah, see. <laughs> <laughs> I might get my uh my GI Joe fan uh card revoked for that, but <laughs> I as much as I like the flag, I I'm not a big flying vehicle guy. I I'm all about ground assault. And that's why Empire Strikes Back was my favorite movie because of that Hoth scene with the AT-ATs and the ATSTs and all Brilliant that kind of thing. Yeah. So I I think the flag can definitely be somebody's holy grail, but I don't think it's like that one toy that just every single person has to have. Um it's i mean it's definitely one of those things where like when we were at denver comic-con last year we had a we had a booth there and uh and there was a guy that came up and we were shooting the shit and he's like i have my flag from when i was a kid and i'm like wow you know and he's like he's like i i don't think it's complete but it's got a lot of different stuff on it and all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. and 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 Right then I was like, I want a flag, you know, <laughs> this, this is probably the best opportunity ever. Yeah. It, it's a guy, you know, those childhood ones are, they'll be missing usually, unfortunately, the most expensive stuff, Right. but it's going to have, you know, usually those have a lot of the more major components and stuff. It's not coming from a collector that's parted it out or anything like that. And, and last year, I literally just said, no, I don't I don't think I'm ever going to own a flag. I don't think I ever want to chase a flag. Um, I think for for each fandom, 
there there might be a different holy grail and just depending on what you collect there you know there might be different stuff that you want you know uh star wars uh you know that double telescoping uh darth vader you know that's that's That's, gonna uh... be you know you're you're looking at a fourteen thousand dollar figure or you know if if you if you're a big fan of obscure stuff you know that the rocket firing prototype boba fett might be absolutely you know know, what i still want to get my hands on is uh the old anakin skywalker figure Oh, the power of the force one. Yeah, because it it really upset. It makes absolutely no sense if you're gonna put Hayden Christensen like young Anakin at the end of Jedi. You can't keep it as old Obi Wan. That makes yeah. that is the biggest part of the entire existence of Star Wars that I think bothers me the most. I was just like, uh, it. How could you rob this guy of his time in the universe? You took him of his place and stuck Hayden Christensen there. Like just let him have his moment and be and be Anakin and Jedi. He's the guy who's Anakin and Jedi. You took it away. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely agree. That was one of the worst. And and I'm I am hugely critical of the special editions. You know, I mean, I hate most of the changes that they did in the special editions, and that is by far one of the worst. You yeah. Know. Yeah, they did some they did some wacky stuff. There is some stuff that I consider gr- like vast improvements that I enjoy, but they just went so overboard unnecessarily. Like touch up the film, sure, but don't add 12 minutes, you know, sequences of aliens dancing and singing some sort of <laughs> Tatooine blues and jazz shit. Like what are you doing, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. If we if we can take a step back real quick. Oh. Yeah. Slick with them re- redoing Castle Grayskull by the power of Grayskull, uh-huh. or uh, Stink Mountain, whichever one it was. Um, do you think they would ever redo the flag? I I don't see how it would ever be. So so Mattel or you know this little subdivision of Mattel, which is Maddie Collector, right? Um, their their big pull with this is this is unheard of of what they're doing they're, they they pretty much uh, did their own like independent Kickstarter they said hey we're gonna we're gonna do a castle gray skull for you we're not gonna do anything but show you a drawing of it you know and and then they did uh, halfway through the the pre-order process they did a foam core version of it you know so it looked like someone's science fair exhibit right. kind of thing and uh, and put a a $250 toy up for pre-order um, and and eh, they say they did. Oh, we did 135 percent of what we were expected, what we needed to do. That thing was like at 80 percent of what it needed to be until the last day, and then <laughs> oh, somehow wow. they got 55 more of their goal in one day, which could be possible. Um, but so, so that toy cost 250 dollars, and it is. It is literally 
a fifth the size of a flag. Now, granted, it has more sculpting and that kind of stuff, but still it requires tools. Um, the closest thing that I've seen in recent years has been the helicarrier for... Uh, Avengers? Uh, yeah, for the Avengers. We give you the the, the Avengers weed. <laughs> we do have the Hulk, the green, <laughs> and we also have it's this one big green bud. So they did a helicarrier. They did a two foot version for stores, and then they did a San Diego Comic Con exclusive three foot version that had so the so the comic-con one was basically you take this the retail version that was two foot you could pull it apart and then the comic-con version had, had a one foot extra piece that you could stick in there to make it three foot oh, nice. so everyone was really excited about that like oh my god three foot helicarrier blah 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 the problem is, is, and this wouldn't be as big a deal with the flag, but the problem with that is, is if you lifted it up and looked underneath, it was completely hollow. I mean, <laughs> this was literally just some walls in the deck. <laughs> and, and that was a hundred bucks retail and like a hundred and thirty at Comic-Con. And so to do something the size of the flag nowadays would take four or $500, you know? Yeah. And, and that's and that's not even just collectors. That would have to be in Walmart. You know, yeah, you'd look have at the to price be able to, those toys these days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be able to walk down an aisle in Walmart and see a four hundred dollar toy, yeah. and, and it would have to sell out on a regular basis. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things that every collector hopes that they do it someday, but. Unless unless G.I. Joe has to go the route that Maddie did with uh, with having a collector only line that's online only. Everything is, you know, you're you're talking about for something like that. It's like the G.I. Joe Collector Club where they'll do new three and three quarter figures, but they cost 30 bucks a piece. Jesus, you know, and, and so um so it'd have to be something like that where G.I. Joe only does that. And then it would have to be this thing where they would have to do a Kickstarter style thing where, right. OK, here's a flag for six hundred dollars, <laughs> you know, because it because they're only going to produce enough for collectors. You know, let's see how many pre-orders we get kind of thing. Yeah. And. You almost you know. want to make to order on something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean that's you have yeah. to do that, you yeah. know, because the the crazy thing that people don't understand about toys is when you see a different, you know, everybody complains about Star Wars and oh, they're just repainting everything. Oh, this is the same figure, it's just different paint. Um, a lot of times that different painted figure will have a different head, and just for that head, that little tiny head, that costs twenty thousand dollars <laughs> to make a steel tool of it. That then the factory can start, you know, going and making these little plastic heads. Okay. You yeah. know, that, so that, that does that, make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, 
I mean, Mattel doesn't release any of their figures. Their their legal department is is real particular about letting any kind of dollar amount get out. But on that new Castle Grayskull, it's not massive. You know, it, it's not three feet tall or anything. But you got to think there's probably five to six hundred thousand dollars worth of molds that need to get made for it for all the different pieces and all that kind of stuff so i mean these things have to sell for a lot of money nowadays you know that that doesn't even count the count the petroleum costs to make plastic nowadays and all that how much did that shit cost back in the day like when we were kids how much would a castle grayskull have been (laughs) You know what? I I saw something on that because somebody was doing a comparison because they put out a Castle Grayskull in 2002 yeah. when they rebooted the line two, and I know it was only like fifty bucks. Um, That's not bad. Did you enjoy that re- reboot when they did the the, the kind of newer, almost manga versions of them? Oh God, I I loved it. As I did I. It. Yeah. I agree. I got a couple there. They, he looked so good. <laughs> I saw it and I was just like, okay, yeah, that's a good <laughs> man. I like that. Um, do you think with the success of uh, Takara doing the masterpiece series for transformers, do you think they'll continue that? Oh yeah. I mean, they're, they've gone like prolific with it. And like the last two years they've created like um, so for the longest time, it was four molds. It was Megatron, Optimus Prime, uh, Starscream, and yeah, what was the? Or no, those were the three molds they did, right. and they just they just kept redoing them. So you would get a white Optimus Prime, and that was mm-hmm. Ultra Magnus. It didn't have his trailer <laughs> or anything. It was just a white Optimus Prime. There's a black Optimus as well. Yeah, yeah, you'd get Black Optimus. There's a really, <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, there's a gray Optimus, and it might even be like there might be some uh, uh, transparent things, but it's called Sleeping Optimus, and it's uh, the dead version of Optimus. Do you remember <laughs> oh, okay. the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. when yeah, he yeah. dies and he turns gray? There's a version like that, and they're That's all using awesome. that. Yeah. They're all using that same mold. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, but now we're on like, they're, they're coming out with masterpiece like 19, uh, <laughs> in the last, in the last, uh, in the last year, they've put out masterpiece Soundwave. Soundwave superior, constructor gods inferior masterpiece site swipe which means you get red alert which uses the same mold and then a very obscure japanese one called tiger tracks which is a yellow version of site swipe which was actually the the very first transformer ever put out yeah yeah the the, and then uh i had side swipe (laughs) yeah yeah, I mean he's he's awesome. Yeah, and Sunstreaker was his brother, which they were kind of based on the same mold. mold right. But they're doing now they're doing the Prowl mode, uh, mold, which um, so with Prowl you get Prowl, 
Smokescreen, and Blue Streak. Right. So all of those use the same mold. Because I have awesome. <laughs> so I have the Optimus, and I have two Star Screams. <laughs> the uh, uh, Walmart ones. Walmart Star Scream, yeah. Walmart yeah. Optimus as well. Um, and I'd like to. It, now that I know that there's a, a sound wave, I need this. I just saw a picture <laughs> of it, and it has it has digits just like Optimus. Yeah. Oh, really? Does yeah, it well, like tapes? It does. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the tape that it comes with, it comes with laser beak, of course. What makes laser beak a, a absolutely marvel of ingenuity is remember how all the tapes had the little chromed guns mm-hmm. that you would stick into their tape holes. Right. Uh, that sounds dirty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> laser beaks are actually built into him now oh i mean he looks he looks just like the cartoon but those uh, and the toy i mean that's the whole thing about the masterpiece is it looks it looks as good as the cartoon but it has all the toy stuff too and it transforms perfectly you know, so he has his little silver guns and those transform into his cassette. <clears throat> and the crazy thing is, is his cassette mode is not any bigger than the original cassette modes. Wow. wow. I need yeah. I, I'm looking at a picture of it right now and I think I'm going <laughs> to I think I need this. Yeah, because I, I, I'm pretty much having to give up on my quest to get all the original uh, the original run of tapes. Why? Because every time I see them for sale, they're like 80 bucks. Yeah, I mean, they get pricey. What you could do, and uh, um, so so here's an easy way to get a bunch of them, is look up uh, the San Diego Comic-Con Soundwave exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how I got my, you know, the first chunk of them because I'm a cassette completist. So, oh, yeah, I, I kind of remember that. Yeah, I have I have almost every single cassette they've ever put out for Soundwave or Blaster. And uh, how I started off with San Diego Comic-Con exclusive comes with four of his cassettes. It comes with uh, Ratbat laser beak frenzy and rumble oh wow and and in the and the sound wave obviously which is almost identical to the g1 sound wave and last i checked you could get that for about a hundred bucks so i mean bad. again it's not vintage you're gonna have those people that are like oh it's a reissue or whatever somewhat Again, yeah, I don't worry about reissues. And then the big thing that a lot of people don't support that I also don't care about is I don't care about knockoffs. And there are tons of cassette knockoffs. Um, Some of the hardest to find cassettes in my collection Mm -hmm. are the old school. They made combiner cassettes. I was just telling Jay about this a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and those are, I mean, there's, there's a set of those that are like $800 if you were to buy them vintage, nice and new with good weapons that I paid a hundred bucks for them knocked off, 
you know, and yeah, that's yeah. perfectly fine. I don't give a shit. So, yeah, they're, they're not Takara quality or anything, but unless you're buying them brand new in the package, you know, anything you buy used on eBay isn't going to be good quality. You correct. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we just got Target here. And I went into Target the other day for my, well, a couple of weeks ago, I went into Target for my very first time. And I walked in and I literally said to myself, it's a red Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked up, I went up to the toy section and it was fun. No new lightsabers, but they did have things that I haven't seen at Walmart. And I was like, so this is kind of cool that maybe we'll start getting Target variants and exclusives or whatever here, you know. So that's they do have them. Yeah, well, you know, I the most of the lightsabers I've had to find, I've bought it because we do have nice toy shows here. There's one, uh, there's one in Burlington, this place near me, and one up uh, near Toronto, and uh, there's two big shows here a year, and uh, you know, it, it's like you say the same people every time, but they are good people. There's these two brothers that come up from Michigan actually, and they always bring amazing. They brought. Uh, I have the uh, Phantom Menace Mace Windu purple lightsaber in its box. Oh, wow. wow. And uh, you couldn't get that in Canada. And these guys brought it up from Michigan. And I, I was like third in line that day. And I went in and I saw it. And just, uh, you know, I, I beelined. I started doing my reconnaissance, looking for lightsabers. And I saw it. And it was those guys. And I was like, oh, my God. And I bought it. And I went out to put it in the car. And, uh, like immediately I went out to put it in the car and as I'm walking through the door, some guy passes me because he's like, that, that's what the mace would do. I was like, yeah. He's like, you want to sell it? I was like, I just bought it, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I love, I love people that do that at toy shows. They're so just open, like... open your toys. Do you open your toys? Are you yeah. all about that then? I, I'm not, I'm not solely, uh, because I'm a, I'm a graphic designer by trade. I'm not a, I'm not solely an open guy. Um, uh, I do have a lot of stuff that I, I buy solely to keep it in the box, in, in the box. It is, it is rare that anything I buy in the box, I don't have an opened version as well. Okay. Um, but there are, there are a lot of things, especially Star Wars stuff, a lot of the older stuff. I know that it's a crappy toy in the box. So <laughs> I have a, a boxed version of it, and that's perfectly fine by me because I love the artwork. I love that everything that goes into the packaging design yeah, and yeah. everything. I'm a box uh, keeper. Like, I open most of – like, unless it's vintage. Like, I didn't open that droids <laughs> lightsaber, you know, but uh, – <laughs> But I, I open most of my all my Power of the Force ones. Most of them are opened. I kept uh, I have the Ultimate lightsaber, which is the box one that was all it's all different pieces of lightsabers. Yeah, the build your own. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't bother opening that because you know that's just crazy. But it looks really nice in its box, so I left that alone. But I'm a box keeper, so I keep the ones that go in their box in their box. But they are opened and accessible, you know. Yeah, see, and that and that's where it gets really weird. Uh... Uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, guys that I've been Skyping with a lot lately is he does a podcast called Guys with Toys. And uh, oh God, let me look that up. I don't want to I don't want to 
botches thing. Uh, this is a perfect segue uh, into uh, shout outs before we end the show. So you start with this, Jen. <laughs> you start with that podcast, and that'll be one of your shout outs for the night. Okay. It is Guys With Toys. It's a guyswithtoys.podbean.com. Um, <clears throat> and uh, both the guys that do this are both Canadian. So yes. that's kind of cool. To, I, I, I feel collecting especially is very geocentric. You know, I, I have a lot in common with my fellow Americans that I grew up with. But to me, the most fascinating things is finding out about uh, about things in Canada. Mexico is even crazier. And then I've got <laughs> I've got uh, our number one fan is in Australia. So he's really dropped the knowledge on us about how toy collecting is now and how it was back in the day Amazing. in Australia and shit. And uh, and so his big thing is he collects everything in box and his primarily his primary focus is gi joe and so i'm just like tripping out on this he's telling me all these things he has i mean he he almost has a near complete like uh 82 to 93 run of gi joe so the entire vintage oh, collection unopened box yeah well okay, how is that so possible so here's the caveat. That's what I was thinking when I was talking to him. We were on his show, all this kind of shit. And that's what I was thinking. And the more I got to talk to him is he does have a considerable amount sealed. But a lot of the stuff is pieced together and then he puts it in a box. Oh, so it's to- a I'm boss. not down. I'm not down. <laughs> That's 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 like a that's like a whatchamacallit. That's like a fake or uh, uh, uh. see I can't say anything because he's buying a lot of vintage stuff off of me right now because <laughs> because he would buy a boxed lot. He would buy a lot of boxes. I'm so, not saying take like, away his eBay. right to do it. <laughs> no. So for you, it has to be sealed, though. Well, no, it's... as long as he's not trying to, which I'm sure this guy's not. I'm sure he's doing it for his own collective purposes. But as long as someone's not trying to pass it off as unopened, I don't care. Oh, yeah. You no, know, as no, long as I... someone's not trying to, like, obviously, you know, fucking put one over on somebody by putting it all back together and being like, yeah, it's never been opened ever in 20 years. That's just oh, not no. nice. But if, yeah. if that's your thing... You know, it's probably one of the better ways to keep your characters okay. So, you know. Yeah, no. And that's his thing. That's It's only his collection and that kind of stuff. And, and he's kind of like me. He admires the art. I mean, especially G.I. Joe. That was some of the most... I mean, oh. well, Star Wars has the really cool photography that used to be on all of their uh, boxes and stuff. I mean, the GI Joe art is just amazing. Same with Transformers, mm-hmm. and totally. uh, uh, but it's it's one of those things. Yeah, if you're trying to do that, fuck that. I mean, I I have literally I have gotten things from eBay, and that says it's sealed. I opened it up. The tape is broken, and we're talking about vintage stuff. We're talking about things that are 25 years old. Yeah. I open it up, and the seal and the and the tape is cracked on it, uh, and I'm like, return it. Nope, 
this isn't yeah. sealed. And the guy's like, it probably just busted open during shipping. I'm like, I don't care. You should have packed it better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is no longer sealed because, you know, even though it might be something for my own collection, I, I mean, let's face it. We're not going to be buried with this shit. So if I don't sell it in my lifetime, this will get passed down to my kids. You yeah, know, I, absolutely. I don't have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank for my daughter right now because it's all sitting on shelves <laughs> or in storage right now. You know, totally. so, I got college all over my walls. <laughs> exactly, and and that's not why I collect, but you know anybody that says, oh, I just do it for the fun of it, it shut the fuck up. You know <laughs> that at yeah. some point when you're considering buying something sealed or in the box and opened, you're considering you're paying more for that sealed because that will be worth more. You oh, know? yeah, absolutely. You're, it's an investment, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you read I, comics at all? Uh, I collect them. I don't oh, necessarily yeah? read them. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, I was hilarious. just going to ask you about He-Man because the He-Mans they're writing now are just... I don't know if you've read them, but they're unbelievable. They're no, just I've, amazing stories. Yeah, no, I I've read the I've read the first three of the miniseries that they put out, and then I read uh, the first of the ongoing. But I did a DC did a a a in this. I don't know if this is normal for them, um, but I thought it was kind of unheard of. They did a subscription service for the new ongoing series where if you subscribe to it, it's only like two bucks an issue and DC themselves mails it to you. And the main reason why I did that is they had a number one variant, which is the number one cover but it's all done with Masters of the Universe classics figures. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I, I ordered that. So I've read that, but I know the second one's already out in my comic shop because, again, I, I do buy comics. Yeah. But I haven't gotten my second one in the mail yet, so I haven't been able to read that one. And then, of course, I read all the com- the mini comics that comes with the figures and stuff. But I I'm I I... I can't say I like the direction they're going in. I'm interested in the direction. It's it's just like Mike Young Productions, uh, yeah. the 2002. I, it doesn't have to be exactly what I grew up with. I'm excited for new stories and new directions, and I'm able to let go of some of the stuff that the purists are just like, I agree. I mastered that universe, you know. Hey, I'm a fan of the prequels, okay? <laughs> See, so am I. I don't think they're horrible. I don't, I think George Lucas is a really, really bad director. Yes, but I, agree. I, I don't think the stories are just like, oh my god, abominations yeah. or anything, you know. Yeah. Oh well, that's a beautiful note to kind of, I think, wind this down on because at this rate we could go all goddamn night. Mister McFavorite, that was an absolute fucking pleasure to finally have you on the show, sir. Hey, it was great to be on your show, man. I I, I dig it. I dig your uh, your uh, two J's later podcast as well. <laughs> so it's great to be able to you know quote me 
meet you and and talk mic to mic at least you know awesome yeah it's uh that's that's fun times we're having over there on the two j's later i believe you just dropped episode six yeah josh yes sir you can find that at the points of interest podcast.com <laughs> um of course there's an absolute magical event for both of you coming up this weekend um mr mcfavorite why don't you tell us about who you are where you can be found and where you'll be found this weekend all right. Well, um, here, let me, I, I gotta do this just cause I put, uh, it's, it's been ever evolving, uh, over the last, we've been doing our podcast for, uh, almost four years now. Wow. Uh, it's very sporadic, so we're only on episode 86. So you think four years—that that's not—that's definitely not very many. Um, we're not very regular, um, and and like you say, that's funny that you bring up that this would go all night because ours literally does if you uh if you want to take a listen to our our podcast we're dedicated to the four greatest action figure franchises of the 80s and all time and like i said before that's uh star wars gi joe transformers and masters of the universe um uh but uh we can be found all all over the place uh openyourtoys.com is our website from there you can get to uh links to our rss feeds we're on itunes we're on stitcher smart radio you can if you just want to listen to one real quick you can download the mp3 from our website or you can uh we have little stitcher radio apps that you can play along that you can play actually on our website if you want to just listen to the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, if you want to follow me, uh, I'm at uh, on Twitter, I'm at Slick McFavorite. Uh, on Facebook, we're facebook.com slash open your toys. That's, uh, uh, that's my Slick McFavorite uh, Facebook uh, profile. But then we also have a page for the cast itself. Um, so if you follow me, if you friend me on Facebook, then you get all—you pretty much get all my updates you get on Twitter. You know, they're hooked up, so it just posts there. So if you're on Facebook and you're that guy like, we quit it with all the at symbols you know well that's what happens (laughs) i post on twitter and it shows up on facebook but i do communicate on there and then uh if you just want to know about the show you know when a note a new show comes out something directly related to the show then it's uh facebook.com slash open your toys cast and there you go kids um, like we said before, too, you're also going to be at Denver Comic Con this weekend, yeah? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I knew there was something I was missing <laughs> in that whole diatribe. Yeah, um, uh, myself and uh, 303 Ninja have been uh, blessed, as, as I like to say, with uh, having press credentials for Denver Comic Con, which is only in its second year but it's already uh colorado's largest convention and uh and we're excited we had a table last year and and while that was fun to get to talk to people that's how i i I met josh and um and john and now it's che yes right okay 
It I sure always fucking say is. Che. <laughs> I always want to say Che for some reason, yeah, and right, I don't right. know if that's the New Mexican in me or what. But um, and and Che, uh, but that's how we met them. But they offered us a table this year, and I was kind of like, we never got to cover the con, you know. So this year, no table. We're in there. We're press. We're going to be roaming. We're going to be catching panels as much as we can kind of like what how we cover san diego comic-con and uh just having a great time and uh we'll have our water bottle there if anybody local listens uh (laughs) listens to this stop by and ask us for a drink of water and we'll be happy to oblige (laughs) i Um, I know what that means (laughs) are you guys doing san diego this year yeah yeah we we took a year off uh mrs mcfavorite was uh Eight, eight months and one week pregnant last year for San Diego Comic Con, so we had to, we, we decided to skip that since her doctor really wouldn't let her fly for the most part. So, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, we're 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 already good to go. We're all approved. We got passes for San Diego Comic Con, and and we're just we're we're really excited for that. So. That's amazing. It's uh, congratulations to you and the missus. Give her our love and congrats on on the wee bairn that you have there now. And uh, Josh, thank you, thank you, Joshua. Yes. Um, goddamn, two J's later. People need to listen to this show. Tell them where it is, Josh. You can find it at the Points of Interest Podcast dot com. We're also on Stitcher. We're on the iTunes. And uh, you can find me at 303 underscore ninja on the Twitters. And, uh, yeah, points of interest. What is the points of, points of interest one? POI podcast. <laughs> you should follow us. We will be at Denver Comic Con as well. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be meeting up with Slick and a few of the other locals uh, that we, you know, have friended over the, the year or so. And it's, uh, it's going to be pretty awesome. Good times. I'm so excited for you guys. It's always it's always good in con season. They make us wait till the end, but it's always worth the wait. And uh, oh, I just hear about it because there's been so much that's already happened in C2E2 and now Denver. And you guys have all like gone to several conventions already. I'm just waiting for August. Just waiting for August. <laughs> But August will come, kids, and Fan Expo will arrive, and uh, hopefully the ninja will have slid his way across the border somehow to come up and join us in the Canadianas here to have a wonderful, good time uh, at Fan Expo. So um, there you go. Again, thank you for joining us, Mr. McFavorite. Thank you for hanging out uh, this week with us, Josh. Thank you, sir. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. It, it, it was an honor. It was, uh, an honor. It was a thank blast. You so I you, I can't tell you how satisfied I really am right now. That may would have that was probably the greatest toy conversation I've ever had. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep very very well tonight. So uh, kids, thank you for hanging out. All of you wonderful people. Again, Aaron, uh, baby mama, love. Uh, I love you. Thank you so much. Happy birthday, darling. I hope you had a good one. And uh, even though it was taken up with me in doing two hours of podcasting, um, you know, you know, I'll make it up for you. I'll, I'll get you breakfast on the weekend. You know, it'll be a good time. 
Actually, they're doing uh, this weekend. If anybody local is listening in the Clarkson area, and the L5J is going to be the ultimate Clarkson block party, which is the uh, third third annual year going down at the community center up the street, skateboarding and rock and rolling and games and festivals and clowns and candy apples and all that good kind of stuff. So come out to the Clarkson Community Center and hang the shit out and try to pick the Jedi Ross out of the crowd because he'll be there. Everybody, we'll see you next time on an elegant weapon. You got the touch. You got the power. Bad choice.